An economist with Scotiabank has blasted Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's immigration targets, saying Trudeau's immigration levels are causing high inflation. A Canadian powerlifter, who is a biological man and identifies as a woman, has set the unofficial world record in women's powerlifting at Canada's National Championship. As Canada's housing crisis worsens, nearly a quarter of Canadian builders reported having to cancel projects this year due to red tape and current economic conditions. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, August 16th, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm your host, Cosmin Georgia. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. An economist with Scotiabank has blasted Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's annual target to bring in 500,000 immigrants into Canada each year as one of the pressures leading to inflation. Economist Derek Holt joined a growing number of professionals in the industry warning that the record targets are negatively impacting the Canadian economy in several ways. Holt writes, quote, Welcome to Duhanomics, the argument that immigration could invoke balanced effects on demand and supply-side pressures on inflation that cancel each other. Holt writes, quote, The argument that immigration could invoke balanced effects on demand and supply-side pressures on inflation that cancel each other out was never sensible, and we're getting the kind of persistent housing inflation I've warned about since last year, when immigration numbers were skyrocketing. In his report for Scotiabank, Holt reported that inflation on shelter jumped by 0.7% month over month due to higher rent, insurance premiums, and electricity. Other impacted categories included airfare, recreation, education, and reading, as well as bus and subway fares. Instead of heeding calls from economists to bring back immigration to manageable levels, Liberal Immigration Minister Mark Miller has said that he is even considering boosting immigration even further to deal with the housing crisis. On Tuesday, Statistics Canada revealed that the country's annual inflation rate shot up to 3.3% in July, compared to the same month last year. Here we have yet another economist from a major bank criticizing Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's record immigration targets. There's more mainstream voices than ever calling on the government to lower its targets. So, Lindsay, will the government listen, or is mass immigration too big of a priority for the Liberals? Well, you know, those levels, um, you know, 2023, we're bringing in 465,000 permanent residents. Next year, that will be 485,000. And in 2025, we'll be accepting, yeah, the half a million new permanent residents. But let's not forget all of the temporary visas that Canada issues as well. So in 2022, our population grew by, you know, over a million people because of those temporary visas as well, like international students, temporary workers, and so on. So, you know, let's not be fooled by, you know, Trudeau's PR angles uh, that we're only accepting half a million people into Canada each year because it's actually much more. Our new immigration minister, Mark Miller, however, has hinted that on November 1st of this year, he's actually going to raise the immigration targets. Even though now more than ever, you have people speaking out and saying, you know, the immigration levels are too high. This is negatively impacting 
our ability to shelter ourselves. Um, it's having a negative impact on rent prices and housing prices and all these other things. Um, yeah, but Mark Miller actually is thinking about raising the targets. He said, quote, I don't see a world in which we lower it. The need is too great. Whether we revise them upwards or not is something I have to look at, but certainly I don't think we're in any position of wanting to lower them by any stretch of the imagination. That's our immigration minister, Mark Miller. You know, it makes one wonder how much this is going to be to the detriment of Canada's immigration system, because for decades, Canada was known as having some of the best immigration outcomes around the world. We would take into account the best qualities of our immigrants, and now we're letting in huge amount of people, and I wonder if even the bureaucracy can handle this. And this means, I mean, growth in government, growth in public sector, growth in government jobs. But does it really translate into the benefits that immigration should bring to countries like the Liberals say, Lindsay? Well, no, I've seen studies that say while the GDP of the whole country may look like it's improving with, you know, the mass immigration we have now, GDP per person is not improving. So in other words, people's living standards do not improve with immigration, but on paper, oh, it looks like Canada's economy is growing. So I have seen some people argue that, you know, Trudeau wants this mass immigration because it boosts the GDP numbers and it it makes Canada look like we're doing better than we're really doing. And all you have to do is scroll social media and you'll see people sobbing about how they can't afford rent, um, they can't afford groceries, everything's too expensive. And, you know, we're paying apparently for this free health care and people are waiting hours in the emergency room, um, months, even years for specialist appointments. And oh, but apparently on paper, Canada's, you know, growing and doing great. A Canadian trans powerlifter has set the unofficial world record in women's powerlifting at Canada's national championship held in Brandon, Manitoba. On Sunday, Anne Andrus, a trans female athlete, competed at the Canadian Powerlifting Union's 2023 Western Championship, beating out Michelle Kamanek and Sujan Gill in the female master's unequipped category to win first place. Andres is a biological man who identifies as a woman. Andres currently holds multiple records in the female division, including women's deadlift and bench press. Over the last four years, Andres has participated in 11 competitions and taken first place in nine of them. Andres' total powerlifting score was more than 200 kilograms higher than that of Sujan Gills, who came in second place in the competition. A total powerlifting score is the combined heaviest weight lifted for the bench press, deadlift, and squat. Andres set a record of 597.5 kilograms, while Gill's total was 387.5 kilograms. Had Andres competed in the male powerlifters championship, they would have still ranked amongst the top performing. The Canadian Powerlifting Union dictates the rules and regulations of the Western Canadian Championships, and early this year, the Canadian Powerlifting Union announced a new self-identification policy for competitors. The policy change was met with dismay from women's rights groups, who took issue with the fact that the change allowed for any male to enter into women's competitions as long as they self-identified as a woman. Linda Blade, founder of the International Consortium on Female Sport, said, quote, 
Since we became aware of Anne Andres' unethical participation in CPU female powerlifting in January of 2023, we have written letters, helped affected athletes obtain legal representation, and worked very hard to convince CPU to align with its own international federation to ensure fairness for Canadian women. Former competitive swimmer and women's sports advocate Riley Gaines also weighed in and criticized the Canadian Powerlifting Union and Prime Minister Trudeau on social media. Gaines said it was Trudeau's policies around gender that allow for the Canadian Powerlifters Union to have biological males competing alongside biological females. Cosman, are we witnessing the end of women's sports in real time? Well, I just want to start off by saying out of all of these sports you could pick where it would be obvious where a biological male has a physical, biological advantage to his biologically female competitors, this is the one. I looked at some of the uh, individual scores on this and... This individual was, he was basically like outlifting uh, his competition by like 50 kilos each lift. So it's a total, total sweep. And I, I saw a video of the, you know, when they were taking the uh, medals and, and, and their first, second and third place. And I was kind of surprised to see the female competitors kind of happy about it and cheering him on. So I'm not sure if that really reflects their individual opinion about this but it really does say something about the state of uh of speech and and i feel like a lot of uh, competitors and and sports people are too afraid to speak out about this because their career is uh, at risk now whether all female sports will disappear i don't think that's the case i think we've seen some international organizations push back on this. I think there was a track and field organization for women that recently came out against the inclusion of transgender athletes. A new report by the Canadian Home Builders Association found that nearly a quarter of Canadian builders reported having to cancel projects this year due to red tape and current economic conditions. According to the CHBA, the housing shortage is only getting worse, as 22% of home builders reported cancellations of projects after the Bank of Canada hiked its interest rates. CHBA CEO Kevin Lee says, quote, We need to build 5.8 million homes within the next 10 years to close Canada's current housing supply gap. Current conditions with construction costs rising, labor shortages, and especially the current financing conditions are preventing that from happening. Lee argues that Canada needs a, quote, holistic approach to increase housing and says there are several measures governments of all levels can take to offset the impact of high interest rates. According to Statistics Canada's latest labor force survey, the construction industry lost 45,000 jobs in July. That was preceded by a loss of 14,000 jobs in June. This is a huge problem, and I wrote about this uh, in a column not too long ago. The Liberal government is portraying this image that it has a plan. They want to assure Canadians that they will fix this current crisis. But here we have 22% of home builders saying they're cancelling projects because of the state of Canada's finances and these interest rate hikes. So, Lindsay, what are some measures governments can take to increase housing? Well, one very simple thing in my mind is a total pause 
on immigration, or at least a lowering of the levels that we have right now. That would immediately increase the supply. At this point, thousands of new people are entering this country every single day and they're looking for housing. It just doesn't make sense to anyone. But Immigration Minister Mark Miller, he's trying to kind of gaslight the Canadian population. His take is, oh yeah, we need immigration because some of the immigrants we're letting in are construction workers and they will build us homes. So, in other words, we have a housing shortage that is fueled by immigration, so let's admit more immigrants to solve the housing shortage caused by immigration levels that are too high. It, it's really just a circular kind of logic, isn't it? Right. These statistics don't add up. Canada's losing construction jobs month after month. I think uh, in the first quarter of last year, it was like 75,000 construction jobs. Uh, this is from the Statistics Canada latest labor force survey. The other thing is, uh, when you look at the jobs that immigrants are taking, they're mostly service industry jobs. They're going into healthcare as nurses or, or different types of employment like that. So it's only a small fraction of them who are entering the construction business. And at the same time, when you have a 22% uh, rate of cancellation of projects, we're not going to see a 22% in growth in the number of home builders from immigration alone. I don't see that happening uh, just simply because of the process it takes to get to that point where you can, you know, develop projects. And, you know, Cosman, I think we also need to call out the NIMBYs, you know, the not-in-my-backyard people who are stopping projects from happening. For example, sometimes I'll read letters from these NIMBYs who oppose housing projects for low- to medium-income people in their community. And it's like, at this point, people with with low- to middle incomes are just normal working people. They're, they're not people you need to be scared of. In the housing market today, someone who's considered low income is, is probably just a normal person. It's not some schizophrenic addict, right? And sometimes I look at the housing developments around me and I wonder, is this even what we want? You know, do we need these luxury condos that are going to be, you know, $900,000 a unit? That's not what I want. You know, I want something like my grandma has, which is, you know, a, a modest bungalow um, that, you know, it's not a luxury project with uh, supposed amenities, but it's just a nice, modest home and no one's building those anymore. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. If you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.